Welcome to episode 150 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. When I launched my podcast in July 2016, I committed to hosting it for two years. I figured it would take at least that long to take some traction and understand how it would benefit my business. Last summer, as I was celebrating the 100th episode milestone and two-year anniversary of hosting On The Schmooze, I got an itch to start something new. I came really close to giving up this show because I had met my original goal. Rather than build on that success, I was ready to launch an entirely new show and slowly let this one go. I'm so glad I didn't do that. This past year of interviews has been phenomenal. I've become so much more confident with my interview style, which became very apparent when I misplaced my cheat sheet of questions during my move and have not bothered to reprint it. I sought out fellow networking experts and masters of relationship building, many of whom became friends after being a guest on my show. Michelle Tillis Letterman was a new connection when I interviewed her for episode 107. She quickly became a wonderful friend, introducing me to several amazing people and interviewing me for her book, which was the topic of episode 144, my first repeat guest. Just the other day, Andy Lapata, my guest in episode 106, referred me for a virtual summit and helped me connect with networking experts in India when I was working on an article for HBR. I use my show to reach out to and thank authors that have had a major impact on my business, including Mike Michalowicz, my guest in episode 108. His book, Profit First, was a major turning point for how I run my business. I ventured out of my comfort zone and asked Seth Godin to be a guest on my show, and that's how he became my guest in episode 120. I could go on and on about these guests and the way they've inspired me and supported me. If I'd stopped hosting this show a year ago, none of this would have happened, and I would not be celebrating 150 episodes this week. Recently, I was trying to add value in an exclusive Facebook group for speakers and posted that I was open to being pitched if members were interested in being a guest. And with that, I have an amazing lineup of stellar guests going into my fourth year, and I've been able to add value into the group while building relationships outside of the group. Your challenge for this week. Start by setting milestone goals for major projects. Use these milestones as a reminder to reflect on what outcomes you're looking for and to reconsider what is important to you. Don't just keep doing what you've always been doing. Recommit to the work by setting new stretch goals that keep you engaged and excited. Celebrate the work you've accomplished and leverage the momentum to achieve even greater things. Try this and let me know how it goes. Now, on to this week's show. Today's guest understands you can't do it all yourself. Her clients are at a tipping point, launching the next phase of their life and business while creating multiple business income streams, which is why she's their expert resource for finding the best virtual assistant for their needs. Based on the positive response to her two books, Become a Successful Virtual Assistant and Hire the Right Virtual Assistant, she decided there was a need for an association to promote a high standard of excellence among VAs. Thus, she founded the Association of Virtual Assistants. In 2017, she became location independent and traveled to 16 countries in just 12 months, 
while growing her business at a rapid rate. Since then, she's become a sought-after remote work consultant, helping individuals looking for remote work, as well as those in need of better hiring and managing their remote teams. Please join me in welcoming Melissa Smith. Thank you, Robbie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, Melissa, I have been waiting to have you on, and I'm thrilled you're actually joining me from your home in Athens. And for those listening, she means Georgia, not Greece. I double-checked because she is location independent. <laughs> um, it's awesome. And you know, you know this is a show about leadership and building strong networks. So tell me, what does leadership mean to you, and when did you realize you had the skills to lead? So I'm going to answer that in, in reverse order because I just... This past October, October 2018, did I realize I had the ability to be a CEO. And I've never really referred to myself that way, like consciously or really like own that. I thought of myself as a business owner, but not a CEO because a CEO really does mean to me that you have a team. You have a team working for you. Um, you have people reporting to you. You have people that you're really responsible for. And I read a book called The CEO Next Door. And when I first was reading it, I thought, how is this going to apply to me? Like These are about Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company CEOs. They're like millions of dollars, billions of dollars. Like, What do I have in common with these people? And by the end of the book, I thought, wow, this is, I can do this. I am the CEO next door. And what it boiled down to was that I know how to make good decisions, but most importantly, I know how to hire the right people. Mm. That is such a key piece right there. I mean, and you really do know this skill because <laughs> you're mm-hmm. helping all of us do it. So um, how would you actually define leadership then? So I would define leadership as knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and then making sure you have the ability to have people pull them out of you while you're doing the same for them. So the the thing that I tell my team is, look, I know that I'm right until you tell me I'm wrong. So when I have something in my head that I am certain of, I am very convicting when I speak, but that doesn't mean that I'm forever right. It's statistically not possible. So I need to give them permission to say, "Mm, no, I don't think so. Or like, have you thought about this? Like push back, like make me prove it true. But at the same time, there are decisions that my sole decision is to say, this is your call. Like this is your area of expertise. Make the call, make the move, like do what you have to do. And I will back you up. And if it doesn't work, then it's on me. And if it works, then great. I hired the right person for the job. Mm, absolutely. It's it's so clear that team building, both to shore up against your weaknesses and to have people who will test your strengths to be sure that you really are you know, headed in the right direction, it's so important. And so many people um, don't emphasize that when they talk about leadership because they are nervous sometimes about giving away that power. But to you, it sounds like you're actually more powerful for having built a strong team. Is that, is that kind of what I'm hearing? Absolutely. I was so, before I was so noticed, uh, so aware of my, my weaknesses. Oh, I can't do this because I'm not this person, or I can't do this because that's not my skill set. but I'm really, really good at this. And, you know, not really seeing those things as a part of a round hole of, of leadership and, you know, completing the circle. There is no one perfect 
person. There is no one who can do it all themselves. So the thought of being a leader who's doing it all yourself without the outside input of others is just not possible, nor is it possible to expand yourself as a leader and continue to grow without the outside influence. I can tell you since I started this association um, very recently, so I've gone back and I'm like, wow, I had a real slap in the face today. It, it was in a good way. It was, but I mean, it was as powerful as a slap in the face and it was, you know, them poking at me and I'm like, I know, I know that you're right. I know that you're right. I know that you're right. And they kept on poking at me, but I couldn't find, I couldn't find that place to really make that switch without having them nudge me first. And then another person that I follow had sent out this email and I wrote her back and I said, yeah, but what do you do in this situation? I'm really struggling here. I said, can you write about that? And she's like, sure. So the next week she wrote her newsletter, which was directed to me. And wow, I was, it was a total wake up call. And I went back to my team and I said, okay, that was, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I will not do it anymore. I get it. It's, but sometimes you just need a different perspective because we're, we're all in the same field, but having someone come outside, maybe using a different metaphor, a different uh, scenario, um, it just shapes it differently. I have to just tease out something you did there so casually. You, you're on several, I imagine, dozen email lists, <laughs> as we all are, right? More than mm-hmm. we can care to count. And there's one that clearly has good information because you open it and you read it. And you thought, yes, but I have further questions. You actually hit reply knowing, as most of us forget, that there is a human being on the other end of that email. And that human being wrote you back and said, sure, I'll do that. And then a week later, you got content that was precisely what you needed for you and your team to move past this and to keep growing. And that in itself is like a skill set. And knowing that the resources, relationships are out there and that you just have to reach out and tap them. Like that, I mean, have you ever hit reply before to an email? Is that a practice of yours or is that a moment? You do it, right? Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. In fact, I just emailed Stephen Pressfield again the other day to tell him that my third book was officially out and he responded. Yeah, so that's what you do because these are I do it all the time. Right. Anyone who writes or anyone who puts content out in the world wants to know that someone is consuming it no one, no one, no one puts out content and does not care if it's being consumed. Right. I mean, even, they, even yeah. people who see them, their books being sold on like bestseller lists and all of those things, a personal message like that, like mm-hmm. is what they'll remember because it feels much more significant than even seeing like their best ranking numbers and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, depending on the person, you might have to get a little creative and they might not be able to reply for, you know, a long time. Um, but I, I can't remember ever sending out a message and having no one reply ever, but, um, you got to get creative. You got to have a good subject line to let them know that, you know, you actually read their book. So a lot of times I will uh, take something that is not maybe a headline from their book, but definitely was like, you know, I read that book cause I would not put this. And I put that in the subject line. And, um, but it's like, I know about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they have to open it because they can only open it if, you know, then they'll know what I know. Right. Cause you put an open loop. Yeah. 
you you put an open loop and it makes their their brain go a little like what what I need to know. Mm-hmm. So all right, we're I want to get back to all that stuff, but <laughs> but before we do, because that's good, I just couldn't let that go by, Melissa. Um, you were saying that you just like a few months ago sort of realized that you have the ability to be a leader, but I think it's actually much earlier than that. So you know because you've stepped forward in so many ways. Like I've known you for a few years now. You've not like. You're not hiding yourself from the world. You're sharing who you are and what you have to offer. Early on, what are your earliest memories of this? Were there people that you looked up to who were leaders? Were people seeing leadership potential in you? Were you like the quiet kid on the playground? Were you organizing everyone? Like what what was life like in the beginning years? So it's very much about servant leadership, uh, behind the scenes leadership. So service leadership was something that I was taught as a child before it was something that was commonplace or or taught in the world. My father was a very, very giving person, but very much behind the scenes. So we were the family that would go maybe uh, clean someone's house or mow their yard or, or do something like that in service to them just to say, hey, we know times are rough, or we know you just need a break or don't do this, go spend time with your kids. Um, And it was and most of the time we would do those things anonymously, right? Because it, it, they might say no to us otherwise, or, you know, we didn't want anything for it. We just wanted them to feel like, kind of like the fairies came in, you know, like, wow, this is so cool. Um, and then my mom, who was an administrative assistant for, you know, over 40 years, she is very, very soft-spoken. She's very quiet. She's a small woman, but she leads with such power and authority in a, in a quiet way that it goes really unnoticed. So I naturally fell into this kind of service type leadership that was very quiet. So I think that's why for, you know, the years and and since I've been in this world of uh, entrepreneurship, I never really identified or really, you know, owned that title or that role because I felt really comfortable doing it for myself and like kind of in the background and virtually and, and that sort of thing, but not like, okay, now I am the CEO. I have a team. I'm going to lead them. I am responsible for these people. Um, I'm responsible for, you know, before it was like, if, if I fail, well, it's just me. Um, that I think that's the the shift that I made. Cause now if I fail, I have three other people, um, that I failed as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's so much that you're up to these days and I want I want to sort of tease out some of that for you or with you. Um, but the question I have actually is uh how do you what do you find most rewarding about the work you're doing today? Let's ask that. I find joy in in serving people. Um you know, it it comes in all different ways and sometimes that is like you say something to them and it's uplifting. You are able to find them just the right person. Sometimes in my consultation, so many times people come and they'll say, I just don't think I, I have the personality for this. I, I'm quite demanding. And I'm like, you like, watch what I can do. And I'm like, you are someone's dream. And they're like, wow, that sounds really great. Like I would like to work for me. I'm like, who wouldn't? Um, you know, but that's in, in the, in the matchmaking side and and on the virtual assistant side, I I really just love helping people see like past their, um, past where they are past that hump to get over that and to get to the other side where, you know, their dreams are. Um, and then now this association has just taken off and 
I just love that so many people have said, wow, I'm so excited that you created this. And the theme that keeps up coming up is no judgment, um, safe space, a place where I can ask, you know, dumb questions, quote unquote, um, you know, it's just a place for everybody. And what gives me the most joy now is so when I'm thinking about people and I have a saying, you know, everybody is somebody, but we didn't go out purposely to say, Hey, I want to make sure we have, you know, this many people of color, this many males, this many people from this country or that country. And we need these numbers to make sure like we're, you know, diverse and, and uh, inclusive. And we got it anyways. And when people were trying to get in early, I thought that was the most exciting part. But when we actually opened it up and people came in and I saw it, I was just overwhelmed to tears because I thought, wow, like this is what, this is the message that we're trying to get across, but there's no greater, there's no greater way that we are a place for everybody than for everyone of all nationalities and countries and different phases in their career and different backgrounds to join. That was, that's what's giving me most joy right now. I, so I, I think the fact that you went forward and, and did this is pretty amazing. I mean, everyone listening has heard of the idea of a virtual assistant. Um, many have them, many more probably need them <laughs> and don't realize it or haven't figured out how to do it. Uh, and as I know, you've said the time to get one is before you need one. <laughs> so. <laughs> Now, now is the moment to go look up Melissa if you're on that edge and you're wondering. Um, but you actually helped me get started with a virtual assistant. And I, I want to share that a little bit because I was uh, a couple of years ago launching a book, knew I wanted to launch a course right afterwards, was running a podcast. And the thing about me is I didn't have a lot of uh, revenue at the time, but I had a lot of knowledge. I knew how to do all the things that I wanted someone else to do. And you pointed out that there was someone in the world who would want to learn that. So you helped me find someone who got paid nothing for a few months. I trained like up the wazoo. We created tons of like, you know, how-to manuals. And they were able a year later to take that and run with it for their own business. So, and then I was able to hire someone else knowing that all those systems were in place and that person has grown in the position as well. And it was not, it was never a moment of like utter panic. Oh no. I, I'm by myself again. I was like, no, I'm going to... In fact, they overlapped. It was so amazing <laughs> because I knew what I needed. And that's, that's like a real testament is like to get someone to support you in finding that search, lining it up. You know, I think without your assistance, I would have probably circled that question for a lot longer and not done anything about it. And I was getting awfully close to the book launch. It would have been a little, <laughs> a little scary to have gone through. I mean, I had 150 reviews come in worldwide in a week. So there was a lot behind the scenes to make that happen. And that VA like definitely lived, lived that experience and has helped many people since. So, um, I mean, it's just a gift that you're able to help people manage their life better. I'm sure you have some client stories of people who had like the before and after of finding the right person. What's, what's that been like working with the client side? It's been amazing. It, I mean, it really does go back to when I worked in an office. And uh, so what people may not know about me is I am not tech savvy at all. Like you blow me away with your tech, you know, technological skills. I am not tech savvy. And when I worked in the office, it wasn't always like a really technical place. And then as you know, the 
world evolved, it became more and more technical. And I, quite frankly, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, I like the ability that it gives me, but I don't actually like learning a lot of the stuff. You know, I like when it's like out for a few years and then someone came up with a really easy click and point. And so I remember thinking all the time, like, this is not what I love to do, but someone else loves it. And my go-to all the time, and this has been because spreadsheets have been around since I've had my career, but I've always hated spreadsheets. And I was always amazed when people would call me over and they're like, look what you can do with this spreadsheet. And they would get so excited and they would be like pointing all the stuff out and like, wait, wait, watch this. And they'll click this button and like something will change. And they're like literally over the moon. And I'm like, are you joking? They're like, look, pivot tables, look, pivot tables. And you're like, ah, I don't care. So <laughs> it was, it was those kind of moments where ever I had to do something, you know, that I didn't want to do. I was always very, very aware that if there was someone out there that really, really loved spreadsheets, that there was someone out there who wanted to do what I didn't want to do. And we could switch kind of like when we were kids and I'm like, I'll, I'll switch you this chore for this chore. And so that's what I would do. And so when it comes to finding my clients, the right virtual assistant, you know, in their mind, they're thinking, I don't like to do this or it's such a headache or, you know, but that's just not because it's not what they were meant to do. It wasn't their calling. And so if you flip it and know that someone else's calling was actually to do the thing that you don't want to do, it makes it completely different. And so when they read these job descriptions that I write for them and they're, they're like, wow, I am really a great person to work for, aren't I? I'm like, yeah, you're doing really cool stuff. And so you really highlight that. And it's, you know, it's a great, it's a great feeling. You know, I've had clients that were like, thank goodness that, you know, I just launched this podcast. I, or, um, you know, the first time I, I launched this webinar, like no one signed up and now I'm being like flown out to, you know, this big conference over here and people are wanting to sign up early. I had a client that seven times his revenue in a year, like that is unheard of. Um, there's just so many like great stories, but ultimately it's when I see them doing the thing that they said they would do if they had just one more hour in the day. So I ask all my clients, if you had just one more hour in the day, what would you do with it? And whether that is the most common answer is sleep. But you know, when I see people and they're like walking their dog on Facebook or on Instagram, or they're, they're, you know, at the yoga class or they're taking vacation or they're just not working yet they feel really good. That is how I know we did it. We did it. This was right for you. Yeah. I mean, success, it's awesome when you get to redefine success to be things like having time to spend with your kids, able to go on a vacation, not actually work, you know, like go to the yoga class every single week that success can be beyond. It could be like a full life success as opposed to like your business success. And having that extra hour, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's way more than an extra hour you give back. Um, I mean, I have a weekly show and I spend so little time on it now. Like I, I, I find the guests and I research them, and I, which I love to do. Like we talk about zone of genius. Like I love finding the people, building those relationships, doing the interviews. But I was having trouble getting the show notes written because that was like a whole... I, like I had to sit and listen to it again and write down notes. And I did that for a whole year and was like, this is not my thing. And then I found someone who loves, A, loves to write and is really good at it. And then she also loves my content and follows all of my guests. <laughs> so like, she's like, this is, the, this is a show she would listen to anyway. 
And now she's being paid to pay close attention, take notes, and connect with the people that she wants to connect to. So like you said, it's like finding the person where it's like a magical fit. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, it's just, it's a win, 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 because then I got to get to talk to the VA and you're right. It's like, wow, I get paid to do this. I get paid to do this. Here I was like looking and working with these clients that, you know, I weren't really my thing, but when they found out it was possible to like dream up the client you want and then be able to actually see them now that you, you dream them, it just becomes this whole, it's a whole nother level for them. And, uh, Actually, my my COE, my Chief Officer of Engagement, Tammy, she founded the uh, virtual assistant, your virtual assistant BFF group, and it's this really awesome, awesome group. It's a Facebook group. She does all kinds of fun stuff in there, and I knew that she just had to be my Chief Officer of Engagement. There was no, there was nobody else, nobody else. And recently, I had the most fun matching her with a client, and she's just like, they are, they're just great together. And, you know, the client is in Canada, Tammy's in Canada. And the client said, you know, do you have anyone in Canada? And I said, well, there's people everywhere. You know, let me, let's, let's, you know, I couldn't promise them anything uh, from the beginning, but, you know, even those little matches like that, or I had a client say, you know, can you clone uh, Barbara? Uh, Barbara is a wonderful bookkeeper. Uh, she does amazing things. She's like an office manager. She's been in the business for a long time. And, you know, I can't say that you can clone someone like Barbara, but I did find someone for that client and they had the same birthday. Now, these are, <laughs> these are extreme, these are extreme uh, kind of cases, but you know, it's when you, when you set your mind to like the vision and the goal, like you can achieve it. If you're like, ah, I don't know if that's possible. But when someone gives me a challenge, I'm like, bring it on. Let's let's see what magic we can make happen today. So, so much of what you're talking about is relationship building is, oh, yeah. is um, nurturing an expansive and diverse network. I mean, it, for, for a zillion reasons, you need that to be true because you're fulfilling so many types of functional roles in many different kinds of industries. So you need to kind of be kind of up to speed with all of that. You traveled so extensively. You and I, at the time that you were traveling, were doing a weekly call together as I was trying to work on my book. You're very supportive of being my accountability partner on my first book. And I remember every call, I'd be like, and where are you now? <laughs> and where are you now? <laughs> and, where are you? and what time is it? You know, so in the middle of all that, you still manage to stay in touch with people. So what, what is your sort of philosophy and, I don't know, practices or habits around nurturing, not like your closest you know, inner circle, but like that second and third layers out those acquaintances that, you know, you met at a conference, you worked with years ago, like, how do you think about nurturing and sustaining those connections? So I think I have a benefit of having a really good memory. So I I think that that benefits me very well. Uh, But, you know, I, I'm genuinely interested in what others are doing. So I try to make it a point. And if I feel like, wow, this was really great, I will put it on my calendar. I don't like for those things, I don't expect that I'm going to remember them, right? Like, wow, this is the day that your book launched or wow, you know, this is that. Like, I'm going to write those things down. I'm going to put them on my calendar and I'm going to include notes and I'm going to make it a point because I know like what a difference that would make if someone did that for me. I carry thank you cards with me when I travel. So if someone that I know has had something, you know, 
big um, in their life, or not thank you cards, but congratulations cards. I carry thank you cards too, but congratulation cards, then I can send out a congratulations to them, like on a piece of paper, like, you know, mail, it's like a nice stationery. Um, I have a gifting strategy. So for my clients, you know, they have, uh, I give them a gift every year and that's just not the clients. I don't, cause I don't have a lot of recurring business. It's a one, you know, and done deal unless I need like another assistant down the road, but you know, that's not the case. <laughs> I like retention. So even if they don't hire me, you know, year after year, they still get a gift from me every year. Um, that's part of it. And then, you know, naturally I just try to be thoughtful. And if I see something that someone wrote, I read it. Like when you send out your, your emails, I read them and I respond if, you know, if appropriate, or if you like asked a question, I'm like, yep, got it. I totally do that. Or I got, you know, challenge accepted, whatever that is. And I just, you know, do things here and there instead of using like five minutes, I don't know, do something that's like not going to provide value for somebody else. I try to be thoughtful. Like what can I do in in five minutes to follow someone or like someone or read them or follow up with an email or whatever that looks like. But for me, the biggest thing that I do, so some people ask me all the time, do you have a virtual assistant? Like they just want to check, right? I'm like, I have a lot, (laughs) but the reason, and like my my reasoning for hiring another one or when I know I need to hire another one is when I cannot respond to my emails fast enough. There's nothing more important for me than to be able to respond to emails and to be able to get on a call quickly. The emails and the calls are like when people call and they're looking for a plumber, right? Like the sink is overflowing. We need someone like right now. That's how people look at my services. Like we needed someone yesterday. Um, and if they can't get a hold of me, they'll go on to the next person. And the other side of that is just what I said. When those emails come in from the people that I follow or the people that I know, I read them immediately. Everyone else, do they just go into the folder and I'll read them like whenever, if it's good content, it'll be, you know, good a year from now. Mm. There's so many good things in there. I'm trying to think of like which ones I even want to tease out. But one of the things is that it's this, there's a, there's a habit and there's also some systems. So I guess I may even say there's a philosophy. Their philosophy is keep it simple. What can you do in five minutes? And so many people think of networking as sort of a, a external, separate, you know, task, job. And you're like, no, 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 it's something I do for five minutes. And but it, but I think you also made a note about adding things to your calendar. You know, so I um, I used to go to a zillion events all the time in my local you know city, and there was came a point when I couldn't keep going to them at that pace. But I would often just keep them on my calendar so that I could write a note like a half hour before I would text or mess Facebook message the organizer to like wish them well. Or a half an hour after I would ask them how did it go? And like that little touch point takes no effort really from me as long as I, you know, pay attention to my calendar. But it almost was as if I was there because people assume that I was busy doing you know, some other 16 events, but truth is I had a family and I was right. home. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the, like, but you, you want to still be present. So like, that's a way to be present, you know, someone's launching a book, but then you were talking about sort of the higher touch points, you know? Um, so I know your book um, was just re-released. And so I'm like, have it on my to-do list to write you another review for this new version of your book. 
And those are the kind of higher touch points that make a difference. And I know that as a content producer, but I, I think we sometimes forget like the, the 20 minutes it will take me to write something thoughtful, having read the book and like, it's really been great. And like, okay, well now that I've done that, like how do I let people know that I thought it was great in a way that will benefit you? And writing review, you know, mentioning it, talking about it. Those are the kinds of things. But I just, I feel like people somehow miss the point of that and they make it extra hard. And you're like, no, 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 this is really easy. The power of a comment or share or alike in this social media world that we're in is huge, huge. Resharing someone's article, commenting, I mean, it's it's huge. It, you just can't you just can't over uh, estimate what that means to somebody because everyone that puts out content, like right, no matter how far up they get, if they if they go down to like the bottom depths, their their biggest fear is that they're going to put something out, and not that someone is going to challenge them on it, but that no one is going to read it. Yeah, and yeah. but then there are the times where you can say you can you know, read it. And I'm not just saying like, do it like, you know, and not care, but like I go through and if it speaks to me, I'm like, wow, like I really love this line. I really liked this thing or, Oh, I, you know, I shared it with my friend and it just goes a long way. You know, everyone wants to make a difference in, in some way, shape or form. And that's how you do it. You just acknowledge people. And sometimes it's not even that. Like if I were to go to something and someone there was like, I don't know, networking specialist or something, and they put out something that I thought was a really fun idea or something that I had never heard of before, automatically you would be the first person I would send it to. I would say, Robbie, did you, have you, have you done this? Do you do this already? Did I miss this? You know, that's what I would say. And it lets people know that you're thinking about them. And at the you know, at the end of the day, who doesn't want to be thought of? Mm. Well, okay. So a couple of things with this. One is it's helpful, therefore, to be known for something. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you want people to do this for you, be known for something. Mm. Um, because if you do too many things and no one knows like who you serve or what your niche is or who you or what your skill sets are, then they won't have that moment of like, oh, wait, I have to tell Robbie about this. Because <laughs> you're like, if I meet anyone who's doing anything cool about networking, I'm clearly going to go tell Robbie. I had, I had two really interesting experiences on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is one of these places where you often get these like kind of spammy you know, messages. But I got this really cool message from someone who like summarized in a sentence what I'm about. <laughs> and they used in-mail. They sent me a request, but they actually sent me an in-mail first. And I was like, wow, you could have just sent me the note with your, you know, it was like clearly an effort. And so I sent back my like canned, how'd you hear about me, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, I listened to my friend on your show. And by the way, I think you'd really like this book since you're so into this, this, and this. And I'd never heard of the book. So I then go check out the book. I'm like, oh, wow, this is a really cool book. I write it back. I'm like, hey, that actually reminds me of this other book that I read. I was reading on a plane laughing out loud about how much I loved it, much to the chagrin of my seatmate, so I didn't know. <laughs> and she did that. She wrote back, LOL, I've done that too. I'm going to totally check it out. Now, I, in an, I now feel so bonded to this person and she's not asking anything of me. I mean, I, I like her so much, I want to get on a call with her. I don't even know what she's about. But clearly she's like in my world. She gets it. 
I, um, one of my email uh, people, I don't want to call them subscribers, but one of the people on my email list um, took out one of my takeaways. Like, you know, I always try to say something pithy and fun and challenging. And she took it and she quoted it on LinkedIn with a little um, quote image that she had found that was relevant to it and tagged me. Ah, that was like the sweetest gift ever to have something go from like an email. I mean, I did, it was like, it's one thing for someone to share, like by literally hitting the share button, but she had to go through a few steps. And a week later, a bunch of people had seen it. I then screenshot it and threw it on my Facebook. And it was like, if you want to impress people, do something like this. Like I'm still thinking about it a week later. So it's pretty cool. Like the simple little things that you're doing. And I think you've had one of the best answers, by the way, of like, how do you nurture your, your connections? So many people are like, I, I uh, post things on email and I post things on Facebook. <laughs> you know. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing that, you know, I need to get specific about. So the, the best way is to do it in their, in their own communication language, right? So my whole matching is based on communication strategy and ideal client fit. So if I want to get a hold of you, like the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to message you on Facebook. Like, I am not gonna, I'm sorry if I just gave that away. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to email you. I mean, you respond to emails, but like for me, like you are, you know, a conversation starter. Um, you are a, you know, visual storyteller on Facebook. So I know that's a go-to point for you. Now for someone else, it might be Twitter. For someone else, it might be text. I have someone that I, you know, constantly stay in touch with on Marco Polo. I have this thing, like every time I go to the airport, it's like a known thing. I practice my Marco Polo with my Marco Polo friend. So it's really about finding whatever is their style because you also don't want them like someone who never checks email, who's like, please, I'm hiring someone to check my email. Please don't go there. You know, and then they finally go there and it's like three months later and then they feel bad and they don't really know what to do with that. So they're like, "Uh, do I respond? Do I not respond? Um, But if you do it in their, you know, their manner, their medium, their tone, their verbiage, then it makes it easy to have that connection and for them to also reach back out to you. Yeah. I've been thinking about that also with LinkedIn because a lot of us do use LinkedIn uh, for this kind of thing. But if if you don't see people posting, then what's the point of messaging them? Because <laughs> they may right. not remember their login. I mean, you know, like people just are, people are on it, but not like, you know, lots right. and lots of people. And then there are those of us that regularly post and regularly do updates. And those, I mean, like, like I love what you're saying, like do it in their language and on the medium, which they, they're on. Um, I'm known to go on Facebook now and again. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> every, every now and again. So um, this has been fantastic. And you, you've you given us a lot to think about. And I, I love just like, you know, clearly if you're matchmaking, you're good at sort of building connections and remembering a lot of details about people. But I think you're also just really good at helping people repackage themselves, um, which is part of it. Like people don't think always... They're, they're not good judges sometimes of their best qualities. And you're able to kind of pull that out of people and then make them think, wow, you know, I'm actually, I'm great to work for. <laughs> you know, decisive, not demanding. I like that. <laughs> it's true. I, you know, I am not someone who works well as an assistant for creatives because I'm super, super structured. I'm like, let's get down to business. Don't talk to me until after two o'clock because at two o'clock, I'll know if anything else is going to happen in the day. But by, by two o'clock, everything that needed to get done got done. And so I used to have this one boss. And when I first got hired on for her, she's the head of the department, they came to me and said, 
okay, now she gets too demanding. Don't hesitate to, to ask us for help. Like don't hesitate. And I never, ever, ever found her demanding. I was like, let's do this. Let's go. We were an excellent team. She was just amazing. But I get, that's the style that I work with. That's, that's who my people are. But if I were to work for a creative, I, I would just go nuts. So like I have VAs in my network and their specialty is working with creatives. How do you get all these ideas? How do you pivot so quickly? How do you collect assets? How do you like stay on track, but not like be bossy. I don't know how to do those things for creatives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know what? There's, you know, there's someone for everybody. And if you just flip it, there's, there's always that beautiful side to the story. And that's why I always start off every job posting I have with client opportunity, because mm. it is always, always, always an opportunity for somebody. Absolutely. So one of my favorite questions, and we're kind of moving to the end of this uh, great conversation, Melissa, uh, if we're reconnecting a year from now, and I know I'll be in touch with you between now and then, but if we're reconnecting a year from now and we are toasting all of your successes, what are we going to be celebrating? What are you most looking forward to in the year ahead? We're going to be celebrating the Association of Virtual Assistants with no doubt. Already the members in the group are just amazing, helping out one another, working with one another, sharing best practices, creating a safe space. Um, but more than that, it will be my team. Um, I have a really, really great team. And, you know, the time that you're, you know, we're talking about building and nurturing relationships. These were people that I've known and have been in my network. And I didn't know that this was coming now or that I would be reaching out to them or that they would respond to a really generic email to change the VA industry. And here are three amazing women who brought in their skill sets to start this association with me. We've never met in person. This is all sweat equity in the beginning. And I am most excited to see how we all grow as leaders together. This is the first time we're all doing it. And when I, when we got together, first we had one-on-ones and then we got together as a group and said, okay, this is, this is what the association is going to look like. This is the dream. This is the vision. This is where we're going. Like, why are you in, why are you in for this? Like, what is your, what is your wife? And they all had the same thing. And they all said, you know what? I'm just ready for a new challenge and this is really needed. And so I've never done this before. But you know what? I never did anything else before either. <laughs> and I still came up with my business and everything is this new challenge. So this will be my next challenge. It's and so, so that's great. what I'm looking forward to. Oh, gosh. I really, I, I'm so excited for this association that you have brought into the scene. I know how important it's going to be uh, for all the VAs out there and those who have yet to decide to make that leap. And for all the clients that you're serving, it's, it's just phenomenal. Um, and you're the right person to be doing it. Uh, I'm going to have links in the show notes to a bunch of things, but I want to know how can people find you and follow your work? Yeah, you can uh, find me uh, at the Association of Virtual Assistants. You can email me, Melissa at Association of VAs or Melissa at the PVA, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. You won't find me on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise than that, uh, I make myself 
found pretty easily. Awesome. We will have all those links in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bobby, for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Melissa. Such a pleasure to speak with her and learn about her leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share it resonate with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 150. That's also where you'll find all the links and resources from today's show, as well as all 150 archived episodes on this Pinterest-inspired page. Reach out and let me know which were your favorite episodes. If you enjoyed this episode with Melissa, please share with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's show. Remember, subscribing is always free. Are you a fan? That's awesome. I'd love to read your review in Apple Podcasts. It's easy to find our page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance, and I look forward to connecting again next week when I'll be interviewing another talent professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and how they built a strong professional network on the way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.